We're following all the health protocols to keep everyone safe. And it is so great to be here with all my fellow artists, tested and together. Or immunized? Who is it? CMA Awards host. CMA Awards host Luke Bryan poking fun at Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, and, and Luke got a little side eye from Carrie Underwood. Her husband, Mike Fisher, recently uh, publicly came out in support of Aaron Rodgers. There is going to be plenty of laughs during this episode of the Cadillac Check, my second act podcast, the CMA Awards After Pod, engaging conversation about some controversial issues surrounding the CMA organization right now and some history and its founding in part because of widespread dismay and concern on Music Row about the rise of rock and roll and its influence on country music. The CMAs were for years, if not decades, a long-standing production of the CBS Television Network. Around 2010, the ABC Television Network saw great potential in partnering with the CMAs and becoming the new broadcast home of the Country Music Association Awards. In June 2021, the CMA announced that they would extend its broadcast contract with the ABC Television Network through 2026. Some controversy this year at the 55th Annual Country Music Association Awards that they will certainly touch on during this bonus episode of the Cadillac Jack, my second act podcast. Mickey Guyton, T.J. Osborne of the Osborne Brothers, T.J. Osborne of Brothers Osborne, you may recall a controversy in 2017 regarding the Country Music Association. Days before the 51st Annual Awards Show, the association announced that reporters that covered the Las Vegas tragedy gun rights, political affiliations, or topics of the like at the award show would have their credentials revoked. Following criticism from Brad Paisley, journalists, and others, the association apologized and rescinded the restrictions on the press. Where did the CMA Awards begin? Where have they been? And where are they now? My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. It's a podcast where we talk about things that you are already talking about with your family and friends, conversations about current events and pop culture and music, plus endearing and revealing stories about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. My name is Donna, and I'm Caddy's wife, and here we are. So you were texting back and forth last night. I was texting back and forth. I have kind of a text chain going with some of my friends, and I can't tell you some of the things we talk about because we're like, what is that? What is he wearing? He's hot. He is hot. Oh my God, he's hot to death. Like you'll be in another room and you'll be like, uh, are you watching this? And then I had to text you when your sweetheart came on. Dina Carter. Dina Carter. And Love I had, me some she Dina. looked fabulous. Yeah, she did. She she has not, she looks like Benjamin Buttons. She was like aging backwards. She looked fantastic. Let's take a snapshot. The history of the CMA Awards. From 74 to 2004. The awards are held at the Grand Ole Opry House, which is a venue that's very, very small. Tickets were not available to the general public when the Opry hosted the CMA Awards. Only one year did the CMA Awards leave Nashville. That was in 2005 when New York City hosted the awards at Madison Square Garden for the 40th anniversary, I think it was. Yeah, it was the 40th anniversary. Country came to the city. Our general manager at the time of the radio station, Victor Sansone, spearheaded that and caught a lot of flack at the time for taking the awards out of Nashville. But I don't think it was a bad thing to do. I don't think the intention was ever. I think people thought that they were going to move permanently. And I don't think that was ever the intention. It was just kind of to bring 
a new flavor to them. Well, it's a spotlight. Yeah, it was kind of cool. The very popular format you know, of, of country music, country radio. And all around the city, there were people playing everywhere. Garth Brooks was in Central Park. Central Park. And right down in um, down in Times Square, there were pop-up concerts. And um, it was really cool. Very, very cool. In 2006, the CMA Awards moved to downtown Nashville in the current Bridgestone Arena. And for the first time ever, fans were offered a chance to buy tickets and attend the awards show. Last year, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the awards were held without fans. Last year, Reba and Darius Rucker were hosts. And this year, for the first time since 2003, we had a solo host for the CMA Awards, and that was Luke Bryan. Last person to host solo in 2003 was Vince Gill. Love it. And we always joke about the fact that if you you can buy a ticket, obviously, to come to the CMAs at Bridgestone Arena. People always ask me that, like, can anybody go or do you have to be in the industry? And anyone can get a ticket and go. Um, there's a funny thing. Um, if you're kind of in circles in Nashville, if you are a high ranking label person, then you're obviously either going to be backstage with your artist, making sure everything gets taken care of, or you're going to be right in the front rows. Um, and this is previous years, obviously, when they didn't have the table set up. But, you know, it was always like who's in, who's where in the rows. And um, and then the the regular fans, as I call all the rest of us who are not high ranking label executives, would be sitting up pretty high. Um, but where most people in Nashville who are not in either of those categories watch the CMAs are either at Rippies or the Palm. Yep. I mean, you cannot get in the Palm. The Palm is directly across from Bridgestone Arena, the Palm Restaurant. And that's where everybody hangs out is in the bar. Um, and they watch the awards, but they have a nice steak and they have a lot of drinks. And don't have to deal with the crowd. Don't have to deal with any of that. Yeah. Some viral reactions, literally uh, viral reactions to the 55th annual CMA Awards. They had a, a new setup. Uh, the table, we, we've seen tables at award shows before. I would imagine that as an artist or as a, an actor or actress or uh, whatever, the, the, this is a much more desired format because it's, 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 it's conversational. Yeah. There's drinking. I liked it. It reminded me of the Golden Globe Awards. You know, we, mm. we always laugh about those, how, you know, people are table hopping and they're coming around and, you know, I, I think you saw, it was kind of cool too. I don't know how they had, it wasn't like the tables, like, you know, with the Golden Globes, the tables are set up according to like, uh, you know, what movie you're in. So if, if everybody's in one movie, you're kind of like, why are Brad Pitt and these people sitting together? Well, because they filmed a movie together. Last night, it was very interesting. I saw kind of groups of friends um, together. I saw um, Haley Hubbard and Tyler Hubbard. I don't know that they were sitting with BK and Brittany, but they were sitting with um, Thomas Rhett. And Laura was not there because she is literally due to pop out a new baby any minute. Um, and I know Russell Dickerson was at their table too. So it was kind of interesting watching where like everybody was placed and, but everybody was just around having fun. And boy was, you know, who was having the most fun, don't you? Ashley McBride. Ashley McBride. Everybody in the arena was required to uh, show proof of vaccination or negative test to get into Bridgestone Arena. The artists seated at the tables did not have to. Um. Everyone in the audience was asked to wear masks. It's my understanding from people that were there and what I saw of crowd shots during the award show. That, that, that very few actually did that. Two of the most notable changes from years past. Seat warmers were not used to fill the empty chairs of artists who had stepped out to go to the restroom or to perform. Do a line of coke or whatever. You okay. Know? Oh my God. To do to perform. <laughs> to get oh my God. To get into the backstage to to get ready for their performance slot. Yeah. And unlike pre-COVID CMAs, uh, this was not a packed house at Bridgestone Arena. Uh, they purposefully had empty seats sprinkled throughout the lower tiers. Uh, the third tier at Bridgestone Arena was just half full. 
to keep that social distancing going. Which is a, a COVID side effect. Uh, a lot of singing and dancing and celebrating one another at this past week's CMA Awards. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I've told you, I, I feel like in the days, I call them the, the hat days, the, the Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, Martina McBride, Garth Brooks. Um, in those days, George Strait, there was a definite pecking order. And King George sat on the front row, as he should. Um, and sometimes you would see Faith and Tim sitting beside him. And he would kind of pick who he wanted to sort of sit on his row beside him. And um, I don't know. I felt like it, that back then country music was more siloed. It was more competitive. I feel like now Nashville in general feels like just a kind of a holly jolly place where everybody kind of gets along. Everybody's friends. Like I envision like it as a place where in one neighborhood, if they don't live on a compound, there's all these kind of groups of people living together and, you know, like hanging out together and trick or treating together. And you see it all over their social media. And, you know, I, I just think it's great. Like, you know, Lady Annabellum, they're friends with, uh, you know, Florida Georgia Line, who's friends with, again, Russell Dickerson, who's friends with. I, I do think there are kind of a group of artists who like to do their own thing. A la Martina McBride. I mean, uh, uh, Miranda Lambert. Martina's definitely doing her own thing, but like. Randall Lambert and that, you know, there's some kind of still on the fringe who kind of do their own thing, but there's definitely this kind of group of um, artists who kind of run in a pack. And I think they're all very supportive of each other. And I think a lot of that honestly has to do with the fact that there's so much collaborative songwriting going right on, you know, in Nashville right now. It used to be that only songwriters wrote songs, if that makes sense. Not as many artists took shots at writing songs. Now, I was just saying the other day that Chris Colley was in the studio with, um, you know, with, uh, the, you know, Hubbard and just, uh, there's just, there's just a lot of collaboration going on. And I think it's a good thing. I really do. Let's do the sing-along of the year awards from uh, the CMA awards. Mike Fisher, Carrie Underwood's husband. Oh my God. Gets top honors. He was channeling both his wife, Carrie Underwood and Jason Aldean when they were performing If I Didn't Love You. He, Knew every word to both parts. Every word. It was incredible. Which let's talk about that performance for a minute. Jason was winded. I told you that his face was so red and he can sing. This is again, this is not a stab at him for not being able to sing. You have to really bring it if you're going to sing with Carrie Underwood. It's kind of like when Tim McGraw said he used to have to sing with Faith, who is, you know, can sing a gospel song like no other. But I mean, like it was unbelievable. I, I think it, I felt like it was a race from the time it started. And I told you, it's like one of those things where you're like couched to marathon in like a week. Like somebody signed you up for a marathon. You're like, I can do this. This is no big deal. And I think he got halfway through that song and was like, oh my God, like, am I going to be able to get through this? Because it's a lot of breath work and she, I mean, she can lay it down. And I swear, I didn't think he was going to get through it. I guarantee you before they perform that on the Grammys, he's going to lose 10 pounds and hydrate better. I'm just telling you. Work on his breathing. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Russell Dickerson was all into uh, gunpowder and lead from Rand Lambert. So funny. And he was even acting it out. It was hilarious. <laughs> so funny. I mean, he's just funny in general. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. Kelsey Ballerini was all about uh, singing along to I Should Probably Go to Bed from Dan and Shay. Yeah. There's always somebody at award shows. You know, um, it used to be, it was Frankie Grande, <laughs> Ariana's yes, brother. Yes, our brother. Yeah. And I mean, he would just give it his all for anybody who was on stage, like at the American Music Awards. And Taylor Swift is another one who... She's a fantastic person to have at your award show because sometimes award shows, they just sit there and, you know, you come out and perform and people just stare at you and you're like, okay, this is not going very well. But I think it's great, again, to have all these people cheering you on. And I'm just going to tell you, again, we're going to talk about it later, but 
I mean, nobody parties more than Ashley McBride. I got one question more than any other in the two, three days following the award show. And the question is, who is Carly Pierce? And it was never meant in a, no one ever asked in a, a way other than just curious and, and, and unfamiliar with her. And she picked up the Female Vocalist of the Year Award. Yeah, pretty powerful. She, her, her first single was released to country radio just in 2017. Her hits include Every Little Thing, Hide the Wine, uh, a duet with Lee Bryce. She has just a very positive, positive attitude and very passionate about country music. As, as she explained in her acceptance speech for Female Vocalist of the Year in what has become and will continue to be one of the most sought-after ugly cry memes. Country music saved me in a time that I needed it. I just want you guys to know that this is all I've ever wanted in the entire world, and I just hope you know that country music is all I love, so thank you so much. Is Ashley McBride the country Kanye. I really didn't think this was going to happen. <laughs> if you heard in the clip, she does say, help me, you know, please help me. And, and <laughs> we, we are led to believe that she was talking to Ashley McBride, who was also nominated in that category. Ashley comes up on stage and, 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 and kind of translates for her. what she meant to say was <laughs> there's a lot of love Respect and admiration in this category. They're just friends. And I think it was funny. But um, yeah, for a moment, it did look like she was like, because what I thought was going to happen, I thought she was going to come up and jokingly, I thought she was actually making fun of like, because she was nominated in the category. I thought she was going to do like a Kanye type thing. She actually came up to help her translate because Carly, like, it was like. You heard it there. She's so emotional. It was very passionate. Yeah. And she's had, uh, she's had. uh, She had a rough year. Yeah. She's yeah. had a rough year with that old man of hers. Well, her husband. I don't know if he even counts when you're not when you're married that long. They were married for eight months, I think. He, he wasn't her husband. There's also a pattern to Carly Pierce falling on her knees, uh, like Wednesday night at the CMA Awards when uh, you know they said female vocalist here is Carly Pierce. She was as surprised as as, as America was, but as she she goes up on stage, her her knees buckle, and she just falls to the ground. Very emotional moment. Her knees also buckled when Dolly Parton invited her to join the Grand Ole Opry family in June of this past year, June 2021. Um, let's go through some random notes, just random quick fire thoughts and notes from the CMA Award Show. Yeah, I mean, I loved all the performances. Obviously, I loved Eric Church. Eric loves purple. There's something there we've got to find out. I wonder if purple's his lucky color. He's been wearing a lot of purple lately, and I got to Well, t- he didn't win a single award. So. He didn't, so it's my, he might need to change to green. However, he is still rocking that soccer, hot soccer coach dad hair and a little bit of graying going on maybe a little scarf he's standing out on the the side and you're just like when you walk up and you're you find out that your kid has like eric church for their soccer coach you're like dang yes oh hell yeah score before the season even starts it's gonna be a good before the team hits the field yeah mama scored anyway yeah and i'm bringing all the snacks can you help me with my cooler it's back here in the back of my car anyway i digress (sighs) um yeah, he looked great, sounded great, loved Joanna Cotton, just the whole thing, fabulous. And then um, I, I got to tell you, I love Jimmy Allen. I told you, I you know, that song, Freedom Was a Highway, it came up on my radar when, because he did it, it was a duet with Brad Paisley. Originally. Yeah. Originally. I told you I had kind of forgotten about the song. It went off my radar, and then it came back recently, and I thought it was a Keith Urban song. 
I swear it has a Keith Urban feel to it. But his, uh, I mean, he's bold with his style choices. But I didn't love him. And you know why? Because I think he's actually very talented. And I, I don't know. I thought he looked kind of Jimmy Dickens. Gimmicky. Yeah. And it's not about, as a kid say, it, the fit. Like, I don't care if he wears, like, cool sneakers or I don't even know, like, a cool jacket or whatever. But it just felt like it was almost like one of those parody takes on old country. Um, but I love him. And he just had a little baby. And him and his wife were out, like, celebrating, having a great night out. And, you know, he's on, he, he was on Dancing with the Stars. I think he's still on Dancing with the Stars. I think he's made it through. I don't know. Maybe it's, I think that show was old. I don't know. A months ago. Have they already given the crown? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, he was fabulous on there, too. That show is a stalest Blake Shelton's performance for his new song. Come back as a country boy. Here's the thing about uh, the, the the set that Blake Shelton performed on at the CMA Awards. The obligatory um, windmill. Yeah, that windmill's been around the, around the block. The prop windmill. We've seen that windmill before. It's almost as if the producers of the CMA Awards every year say, like it's a running gag maybe with the production team, who's going to get the windmill? You know, once they pay that windmill off, like I don't know how much it costs, then they can be like, okay, like whoever's in the procurement department is like, we finally yeah. paid that thing off. So now we can go get us some yeah. rolling storm clouds. Yeah. Like, yes, they haven't been able to get new props because of the windmill, because some lightning I effects. swear Garth Brooks just used it for when the thunder rolls and little big town gets stuck with that damn windmill the all windmill. the time. Luke Bryan is host of the show does get paid. He gets a stipend. I don't know what it is, but they have to pay him something more than a check though. Luke Bryan gets prime real estate to perform. The producers of award show are very, very heavy handed when it comes to performance lots and the song that an artist or band or duo is going to perform. They want it to be a familiar song. They don't want, they don't like artists to go up there and, and perform new songs because it's too now. If you're not familiar with it, you can't dance and sing along to it. And they, they want you to remain engaged the entire time. Very few artists are allowed to perform an unknown song and you must be at an A plus level artist, uh, artist level like Lou Bryan is. Uh, so he performed a brand new song nobody had heard before. Up. Yes, that was it, yes. Because I thought of the Disney movie with the old man and oh, the balloon. Oh, I love that. It makes me so sad. It's always on at the orthodontist. Luke also got a second piece of prime real estate to perform, and that was the very, very end of the show. Uh, that's prime real estate because it's right after Entertainer of the Year is is awarded. The broadcast, the CMAs are running way behind. This rarely ever happens, but it was 11.15, 11.20 before they wrapped. And Luke was perform- scheduled to end the show with I Don't Want This Night to End. Luke Bryan ramps up and actually can hear him say, I'm pretty sure we're not on TV anymore. Because he knows the schedule and he knows they're running behind and they got to break the local news. That's a moneymaker. ABC affiliates nationwide is the local news. So he goes out into the crowd. You saw him do this and he's grooving and doing his thing and bouncing back on stage. He whipped off his jacket and he, you know, becomes Luke Bryan concert star. And, uh, every, you know, everybody goes crazy and he finished the song with a big bang. And but, but he did it for the crowd. He didn't even know that they were on still on the network nationwide at the time. Here's my thing I said to you about Chris Stapleton. I get it that everybody rolls their eyes because it makes for a boring show and the same person wins 10 times for the same six song. times. Whatever. Six times. Half a dozen. Fell like 10 probably to most people. But I said to you what I don't think most people realize unless you're a true Chris Stapleton fan is the actual artist have so much respect for him. And the people who are nominated in the category with him like Eric Church um, like Luke Bryan, any of those people, he has written so many songs for them um, because he was such a songwriter for so long before he got his break to actually become an artist that he is probably one of the most lauded song- songwriters in Nashville and and has written so much for so many people that, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think these other people are like rolling their eyes when he wins all the time because I think they feel like he genuinely deserves it. You know, he wrote uh, Drink a Beer for Luke he has written and written and written. And I think his I think his stuff is really good. I'll tell you, 
you almost have to time your project for when he doesn't have one if you want to stand a chance. Yeah. Whereas I think like, like I know Eric Church because he's, again, he's written with Chris Stapleton. He has so much respect for him. Maybe, I think he gave a little, I think maybe Eric gave a little side eye too, though. I don't tell you. I don't think so. No. I think he has a great poker face. And I think that the cameras, I think producers kept calling for that shot. Yeah. They love a reaction shot. That's what they want is the uncomfortable, awkward reaction shot from an artist when they don't win. You think Miranda gave a little side eye? I do. Yeah. And in, 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 in the past, there, there have been stories written about. Oh. People who was it two years? Oh ago? my gosh! Well, remember when Faith Hill and Martina got yeah. caught with Carrie Underwood? Yes, mm-hmm. that, uh, mm-hmm. great example of this happening. If you think about like an album of the year or something, you have poured your heart and soul into it, and and you've been carrying this project around sometimes for like what a year, yeah. you know. And then you think of Entertainer of the Year. I always think of it. We've talked about it before. It's like the Road Warrior, where you've sacrificed all this time with your family, and you're just out there, just plugging it out every day, trying to represent the format in the best possible light. I mean, I do get where, not that you're mad at the other person, but you're just like, dang. Really? I wanted it. I wanted it. For a true artist, and that definition to me of a true artist is someone who is is passionate about the music, who loves the music, but also creates great music within the format. The songwriters that also tour and record. For for that level of artist, and and, an example, and I'm biased, but would be Eric Church, all right? Would be Chris Stapleton, I believe. It's not the Entertainer of the Year Award that you want. It's the Album of the Year Award. Yeah, no, absolutely. That means more to a purist. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's saying that, that that body of work, not that single, not that one single that caught lightning in a bottle or you know, maybe you were at the fair circuit, but it's saying that, that that entire body of work was deserving of an award, which is, you know, huge. If you are listening to the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast on upload date, thank you for that. It's Tuesday, November 16th, and that means that one week from Thursday, it's Thanksgiving. What are you grateful for? What are you thankful for? Family, friends, good food, good health. Again this year, Dinner Affair is offering their Thanksgiving dinner that serves eight. A gourmet turkey breast, sour cream and chive mashed potatoes, apple raisin stuffing, broccoli cheddar bake, bread pudding bars with vanilla cream, and sweet potato souffle. The sweet potato souffle, I can personally tell you, could be classified as a side. It could also be classified as a dessert. You could order two. Order you an additional sweet potato souffle. It tastes like clouds, but with a lot more sugar and cream. And put one sweet potato souffle on the side vegetable table. You set them up like card tables at your house like my mama did. And then uh, on the dessert table, have you a second Sweet potato souffle. Dinner affair. Dinner A-F-A-R-E dot com. Visit the website for the latest about their delicious Thanksgiving dinner package that serves eight. Dinner affair. They are locally owned. And uh, Stephanie and Ken Wright are the owners, the proprietors of Dinner Affair. Their kitchens, huge kitchens, they've grown so much through the years, are in Gwinnett County. Whether you're ordering chef-created dinners for two, four, or six, Great price, delicious food, great proteins, and a money-back guarantee. Free delivery anywhere in the metro Atlanta area. No contract. They ship nationwide. Dinner Affair. Dinneraffare.com. Hey, let me save you 30 bucks off your first order. The least I can do. You can thank me later. Caddy 2021 is the promo code at checkout. Caddy, C-A-D-D-Y, 2021 at checkout for... Dinner affair. Joining the conversation is legendary radio host and country radio programmer, 
Atlanta's 96 Rock, Y106, the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame, St. Louis, L.A., Miami, Steve Mitchell. Hey, look, it is a TV show, and anytime you hook up with the TV people, they're going to want they're going to want to do things. And I get it. And and they want to tick the boxes and several more than some. And so it was all for appearances and it was not about the music. You know, when I first came over to country radio uh, tw- over 20 years ago, I, there was this unwritten rule, respect the music. And because I came from rock and roll and, you know, in rock and roll, we, we used to, you know, lift lines from songs and uh, rock and roll songs and use them in commercials. You know, we, in country, you'd never do that. You respected the music. You never hoard the music out. It's not that way anymore. The CMA wants us all to know that black people listen to country music. And we even have a few of our own. Steve Mitchell writes, I dig Jimmy Allen. He's got talent. If Mickey Guyton is so good, how come she was never signed to a record deal before the Wokening? Last mm-hmm. night, Mickey Guyton performed a song with two other uh, female artists, and I had no clue as to who they were. Brittany Spencer was one of the two artists to join Mickey Guyton. Uh, she went from classical music to country music. She started in the church singing in Baltimore. Now I know her, yes. Okay. She is good. And that's why I thought it was important to give some, some color to these two particular singers because I don't think that 99.8% of the audience watching, I don't, Believe had any clue who they were. Madeline Edwards mm-hmm. was the second, a Texas native, born in Southern California, lives in Nashville now, singer songwriter who uh, performs in, with a, a blend of West Coast jazz and Southern soul. So Madeline Edwards, Brittany Spencer, and Mickey Guyton performed a song called "Love My Hair." The song was introduced by Faith Fennedy, who was sent home from school three years ago when she was told her braids were distracting. And who inspired the song? From now on, people are going to look at her, and whatever fame that comes to her will now be tainted by this, all the all of this. And you know, there's an <clears throat> I remember a song by Aaron Tippin called "I Got It Honest," and there's a line in there about how if you don't work hard, it ain't real, and it, and you and if you work hard, then you got it honest. So that's that's what country music was all about, or it used to be. If you are an African-American artist who is in the country music lane and you write a song and the title escapes me, but you write a song specifically about one of the biggest movements in our nation's history, if not the biggest, the Black Lives called, Matter uh, movement. Black like me, yeah. If, if during yeah. BLM, you as a African-American artist can't get traction from country radio, uh, are you ever going to get it? And I think the answer is no. I think that Mickey Guyton was also uh, given a, a, a second, maybe if not third or fourth wind after the Morgan Wallen mistake in early February mm. of 2021 when he made a stupid mistake. Mm-hmm. And I think that Morgan Wallen opened the door again for a potential Mickey Guyton launch but they couldn't Mm. get the plane in the air again. They have tried so hard to make her the face of black entertainers in country music. And, and, and I think Steve's right at the end of the day, nobody, nobody sat there and thought, Hey, Jennifer Hudson's coming out on stage. Oh, she's black. Should she be singing on the CMAs? No, she's an amazing singer. Nobody cares at the end of the day. I don't think, I'm sure there are some people and there are people in every format. I don't think that, that TJ Osborne, his storyline, T.J. Osborne 
came out as gay fall of last year, a year ago, I guess. Within 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 a year, yes. Yeah. So the song that he performed on the CMA Awards this past week was a song called Younger Me. Younger Me, which is a beautiful song. Here is the moment during the CMA Awards when they were preparing to sing the song and uh, T.J. Osborne kind of set it up live during the broadcast. For many years, I would watch this show year after year, and I always thought how incredible it would be. I would dream of being up here on this stage. And there were so many things you know, that were so many hurdles for me. And I always felt, truthfully felt, like it would never be possible because of my sexuality to be here. And then they performed the song. T.J. Osborne, while he, he believes that he would not have been accepted by the country music community, we don't know that. So is, is he deflecting like he has his entire life? Mm, that's a fair question. His, his, really? his very personal story and, and probably a very personal struggle. I love the stories yeah. behind it. I think it's a beautiful song. Like we were talking about in the last podcast, let's pull Keith Urban up to be the spokesperson for sobriety. Like, you know, let's just check every single box. It's just not necessary. I don't think. The CMA is so out of touch with the way people who buy country music think. And so, and, the, and certainly TV doesn't think like the way we do. You kiss your wife, you kiss your, your boyfriend, you kiss. It doesn't matter. I, I don't think the majority of people anymore look through a lens that way. Like, am I going to listen to this record because this person is black? Am I going to listen to this per, you know, am I going to listen to this record because this person's gay? I, I just don't, I don't think people think that way. And I think we should think of ourselves as a more evolved society where we don't have to continue to have these conversations in 2021. Does Mickey Guyton know Steve Mitchell that, that she is being used and, and being taken advantage of, do you think? And if so, does she care? I wonder, and you know what? I would. I'm just like, oh, okay. Oh, what have I got? What have I got myself into? I'll bet you she has asked her that question. What the hell have I gotten myself into? It's turned out into be a you know what kind of show. <laughs> and I can't say the word. Could some people argue that she is getting into I mean, and she may say, listen, I I'm I'm thankful to get into any room that I can get into because I couldn't before, you know, and for whatever reason. And and maybe we say it was because she wasn't on a label or she wasn't as successful. But in the end, you know, is she getting, you know, to be around people and situations that she may not have been invited to the table before? I don't know. You know, I wonder if, like you said, if you really ask some of the people in the audience to give their true opinions, these artists, which they're not going to do because they're not going to risk it. We know that. We want to each add a song to the Caddy and Donna hype song playlists that you can find on Spotify. And uh, ladies first, Steve, if, as we always do during each episode. Yeah. So I'm adding Carly Pierce. Uh, I hope you're happy now. I, I do think she has some chops and here's what I like about her. She got rid of that old mean ass Michael Ray. and was just like, bye-bye. That uh, is the duet with, uh, with Lee Bryce and a handful of songwriters. Uh, touched that song. I hope you're happy now, including Luke Combs. Did you know that, Mitchell? Yeah, I did not until last night. Yeah. All right, Steve Mitchell, what are you going to add to the Caddy and Donna Hype Song playlist on Spotify? Well, speak for Stapleton, whatever that song was, he did last night with the string section behind him. Cold. That was badass. Why you got to be so
Stapleton cold. All right, we got to let that go. We're going to go. We're going to get a flag and app and media's app and podcast network is going to get some sort of uh, C and D. That is like the best rainy night. Have sex too, song. Brush people's hair too. Oh my bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah that. Brush people's hair. <laughs> so, I had I had a pop peep reach out to me today and say, "What's the difference between song of the year and single of the year?" The categories seem like they're one of the same. And it was Anita Parker, who's a pop peep, uh, very supportive of the podcast, and uh, they're kind of like sister categories. The single of the year award goes to the artist. Song of the year goes to the songwriter and uh, Chris Stapleton won both of those uh, last night. Well, he won one of the songwriter uh, one or songwriters won uh, the other. So that's the difference in those two categories. I'm going to add ladies and gentlemen, a song that Luke Combs, uh, he won entertainer of the year last night. What a great moment to see Noonan George's Alan Jackson uh, serve that award up. Here's that moment, by the way. And tonight the country music entertainer of the year award goes to Mr. Luke Combs. I'm really kind of at a loss for words. Um, Alan Jackson said my name twice just now. Um, Entertainer of the Year, Luke Combs, did a brand new song. Uh, debuted last night called Doing This. gives it his all when he sings you I'm know he, i thought he was gonna bust a polyp it scares but, me I, he's so i mean like he his little face gets so red and he's got that cute little curl he's the cutest little thing <laughs> he's so cute i think that luke combs mitchell can go the way of toby keith if he's not careful yes. he can go the way of um joe diffie god bless him god rest his soul mm. if he's not careful and by that i mean uh, zach brown band i think could also be included in this conversation if you do not outsource some of your songwriting your songs will begin to sound exactly the same. Mm-hmm. He's already there. He can recover, though. And I think that the song that uh, I'm adding to the Hype Song playlist uh, doing this, I think this song can 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 put a reset mark in his track listings. I, I've, I've been in country radio for 25 years, my entire life. You could play a dozen Luke Combs, uh, hooks of Luke Combs songs to me right now. I don't know mm-hmm. that I would be able to tell you correctly the title mm-hmm. of three. Yep. I thought it because- was a great, great idea, too. I noticed... While watching the performance on the CMA Awards, he had a male backup singer. That's not often oh. done. I couldn't recall. I can't I, recall the last time that yeah. an artist, uh, an A-list artist, released a song. Whereas our uh, uh, producer Preston Thompson PT says, "Where you match, you don't harmonize. You match uh, yes. with the artist." And he had a he had a very distinctive male voice performing with him, and I, I think that that sets the song apart as well. He's like a baby okay. Luke Combs, too. Yeah, he's he like, was. He was. He's like a burly fella. Now we got to find out who it was. I, I, now now we got to find out who it was. I threw it out on Instagram and, and social media, and nobody knew, nobody responded. I would like to know that, because when they were framing the performance on television, it looked like an Olin Mills portrait at times, because they would have this guy, <laughs> this backup singer, like in the the, 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 the the rear of the screen a little bit, the shot. And then Luke Combs, of course, yeah. is a profile. It's a side profile shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but when they came to the chorus of the song, and, and, and this, this male background vocalist got his moment. He was always in the shot because I think it was important to Luke Combs or important to somebody, the record label or somebody uh, or the producers of the CMAs. They have had the same conversation that we just had. We got to figure out who this guy is. Yes. He's probably, he's probably uh, being, is a protege of his. You hear about him and see his name soon. I'll bet you. What you think? If he's not already signed to the same label and or publishing house as Luke Combs mm-hmm. is three songs added to the 
Caddy and Donna, Spotify, Hype Song Playlist. Enjoy the My Second Act Hype Song Playlist when you fly Delta, Atlanta's hometown airline. Just engage Delta Studio. Then sit back, relax, and enjoy the playlist on the Spotify app. We appreciate your time, man. Great conversations about the award show. Country music, it will always survive because of the music. All this other horse hockey that the CMA does, let them do that. It's always been about the music, and, and so let that be. Thank you, man. We'll talk soon. Amen. Kelsey Ballerini also picked up her first CMA awards, including musical event of the year. Both, both of her CMAs were for half of my hometown, but one of the two was musical event of the year. This is a song that she invited Kenny Chesney to join her on because they're both from the Knoxville, Tennessee area. Flashback to Tuesday night, November 9th, 2004. Nashville, Tennessee, Dateline. After the 38th annual CMA awards, Kenny Chesney had been in country music and was a well-established artist for nearly 12 years when he won his very first CMA award. The first one came for Album of the Year, and then later that night, Kenny would receive the Entertainer of the Year title. You know, and that's the thing, too, I think about the Entertainer of the Year award is, um, I don't know, it used to be, I mean, it's still hard, I think, to achieve that, but I mean, you're right. He he was very, I mean, he was Kenny Jesney. He was so well-established. It wasn't like he was brand new on the scene, but it was hard to get that award. And man, he was so excited. He was on, he was like a kid. He was so happy that night when he finally got that award. And we were there. We included the photo in the letter, which is our e-newsletter component to the podcast that went out uh, the same day that this episode was released. And it's a photo at the after party. And at the time, Kenny was on a, an imprint, I believe, of RCA Records. And in this photograph, you will see Donna. You will see Carl Black. Yes, Virginia, there is a Carl Black. Marilyn Black, Johnny Gray, and uh, Susan Luke. Johnny was the legendary Kicks music director at the time. And uh, Susan Luke Gray, uh, Johnny's life partner. Yeah. That's right. Who, uh, Susan herself, a high-ranking national label executive at the time. Mark and Deb Richards are in the photograph. Uh, Mark was the Kicks program director at the time. And Kicks promotions queen Christy Ullman, a legend in radio promotion. Uh, the joke for 17 years, though, has been... Where were you? Where was Caddy? Where were you? When this picture was snapped with Kenny Chesney, the night that he won his first two CMA awards. Private party. Ice and, sculptures. Two, including Entertainer of the Year. And uh, I'll never tell. But oh. I was Were you not- taking the picture? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, Donna. That's what I was doing. And that's when he would wear his little Cole Sunday school pants yep. with his little black belt. From JCPenney. He was about as tall as I am. He is about as tall as I am. We have a small ask of you. Three things. Follow this podcast so you don't miss anything coming up. We have new episodes on Tuesday and Thursday. This is a bonus episode of the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast. Number two, invite and encourage as many friends and family and complete strangers and people that you really dislike. Invite them all to enjoy the podcast. Listen to the end of each episode for outtakes and notes from our producers, Preston Thompson and Carl Appen. And uh, two Easter eggs are coming at the end of this bonus episode of My Second Act. So listen to the end. And number three, show our sponsors some love. This podcast since January 2020 when we launched has been absolutely free. Being in Trustor Radio for, for 25 years and it being free, to me, it just would feel strange to say, hey, you got to pay $9.99 to get something that you got free for 25 years. It's free. Because of our, our, our very, very kind partners and friends uh, like Gallery Furniture in Gainesville, Ask for the Wolf Band, Ask for Donna, Dinner Affair, dinneraffare.com, 
and play a while, stay a while for the holidays in awesome Alpharetta. There is something special about our hometown during the holiday season. The holidays here in Alpharetta, they're just brighter and magical and more festive right here in our backyard. 30 miles north of downtown Atlanta and North Fulton County. Uh, a long weekend at one of Alpharetta's 30 modern and upscale hotels. Visit awesomealpharetta.com, awesomealpharetta.com. Click on the Book Your Room button to compare rates at any of the hotels. Promotional consideration provided by the following. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Try new Pepto Liquid Caps for fast relief and ultra coating. The 55th Annual CMA Awards, when it comes to viewership, flat year to year. About to $6.8 million, Donna. Topping NBC's trio of Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, and Chicago PD. Uh, some other notes here. It is award season. November 21st, the American Music Awards. Carrie Underwood and Jason Aldean will perform uh, If I Didn't Love You. Kane Brown's going to perform with Mississippi. Grammy nominations. The pinnacle of all music award shows, for sure. Nominations going to be announced November 23rd. Live from the Staples Center, the Grammys, January 31st on CBS. Audio for this episode from ABC TV and the Country Music Association. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. This episode of the My Second Night Podcast produced by Preston Thompson, host of the Georgia Politics Podcast. PT is also editor of The Letter. The Letter is our e-newsletter component to the podcast. It's a fun and uh, four-minute read, if that, delivered to your inbox free every Saturday morning at 9.10. To subscribe to The Letter, text LEFT ON RED. No spaces, left on red. Red is the color, R-E-D. Left on red to the number 22828. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac, Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. The biggest winners from the 55th Annual CMA Awards. The CMA Award for New Artist of the Year goes to Jimmy Allen. The CMA Award for Vocal Group of the Year goes to Old Dominion. The CMA Award for Vocal Duo of the Year goes to Brothers Osborne. For Single of the Year. Starting over, Chris Stapleton. The CMA Award for Song of the Year goes to Starting Over. Let's hear it again. The CMA Award for Album of the Year goes to Starting Over, Chris Stapleton. The CMA Award for Male Vocalist of the Year goes to No Pressure. Let's see it. Chris, Chris Stapleton. Stapleton. The CMA Award for Female Vocalist of the Year goes to Carly Pierce. And tonight, the country music. Entertainer of the Year Award goes to Mr. Luke Combs. There's Alan Jackson. We love him here in Atlanta, Georgia. Cadillac Jack. Bye.